all bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning for everything possible. What? Not my best effort, but <laughs> I'm Rachel. And I'm David. And this is All Bad Things, wherein Rachel now has a cold. Yes. Uh, Another challenge. Yeah. But well, you you will succeed. I shall. Yes. There is no try, do, or do not. There is no can't. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, uh, I'll forgive you this time for disgracing the words of Yoda. What What was the proper saying? The proper saying was, try not, do, or do not. There is no try. That is the question. No, he doesn't say that. Whether it's his nobler... He, the, oh. he, he just leaves it at that. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, he's Yoda... And that's all he really needs to fucking say. And if he's and if he pipes up like that, you know you done fucked up. <laughs> you done fucked up, eh, Aaron? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, housekeeping. I don't think we have anything specifically that I can think of. Well, I want to mention uh, how much fun it was to uh, work with Akshay. Super fun. Last week, um, mm-hmm. our first. Uh, Crossover, dual crossover. Our first dual crossover, and it was done internationally. Yes, yes, (laughs) across time zones and everything. We were recording in the middle of the afternoon. And and, it was his evening. And for him, it was Saturday night. Yeah. (laughs) So that that was a little interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. But uh, that was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And, of course, uh, his podcast is... Blood on the Rocks. Ha! I got it right. And his... Twiddle hander. His is. twiddle hander is um, at Bloody Rocks. At the the b- Bloody the Rocks. Bloody Rocks. <coughs> uh, sorry, there will be a few coughs this episode. Yes, just a couple. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was a lot of fun. It and, was, uh, and it was a good time. Yes, and we were on his episode last week, so be sure to check that out if you haven't. Plus all of his other episodes, because his podcast is great. Yeah, if you don't have an actual podcast app, it's okay. Just put. Um, Blood on the Rocks podcast into Google, mm-hmm. and Google Play will be able to play. Oh, okay, it for you. so you—that's how you were listening yep. to. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. So if you want to listen to us on his episode, that's where you'd find it. Okay, very cool. Um, and as always, rate, review, rescribe. Rate, review, <laughs> rescribe. Um, we're on all the social means at All Bad Things Pod. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I was going to say the bloody rocks, but that's not us. Nope. <laughs> but you can go there, too. Yes. Go to both. Like like us all. Review us all. Rescribe us all. <laughs> yes. So what do we have in store tonight? Or should we do beer first? Mm, sure. Okay. What, do you, what you got? Well, what do you have? Go ahead. I have my national local beer. Yes. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I have a good <laughs> beer. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually a favorite of mine. I had only had it once prior to getting these cans at um, pharmacy, but not the pharmacy, like as in our local bottle shop that's called far- the pharmacy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> which which it once was. Yes, a, it was. An actual pharmacy. Mm-hmm. But, 
but, but, now, but now it's a pharmacy in other ways where you can get really yes, nice beers if you want. A different prescription. Yes. Uh, and this is Catawba Brewing out of Asheville, which mm-hmm. we'll be going to soon because we will be in Asheville. Um, and it's called Peanut Butter Jelly Time. Yes. It's a brown ale and it does taste like peanut butter and jelly. It's really good. And for fans of the show Family Guy, you'll get that reference. I am not, so I would not. <laughs> <laughs> I can't watch cartoons. I don't know. That's all right. It's like a, They've kind of fallen out of favor with me at this point, but I watch cartoons a lot in my 20s. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, like, wasn't the first sort of grown-up cartoon that had a come, like, when that was becoming kind of a thing was Beavis and Butthead? No, that was adolescent. Yeah. Probably the first, well, actually the no, first real. No, no. I mean, not, no, not children but, is what I mean. No, I know. Like, not but, geared towards children. But nobody over the age of, like, 18 or 19 was watching Beavis and Butthead. I but, don't like, think five-year-olds were. weren't watching No, it. that's what I'm saying. It was that, just yeah. for teenagers. But probably the first adult car- cartoon was, honestly, probably The Simpsons. And then when South Park came along, that mm-hmm. just took it to another level of violence and swearing. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Fun things you didn't realize you could get with a cartoon. <laughs> I remember watching, so my family watched the premiere episode of The Simpsons when it came yeah, on because it was like 1990. It. it was 1989. 89, okay. It was uh, a couple of days after Christmas, I believe. Okay. It was between Christmas and New Year, I'm pretty sure. Well, I remember watching it and I would have been like four or <laughs> yeah, five, something like that. And I was, uh, in, I was in seventh grade. Okay, well. <laughs> That's creepy, but... um, And and that's another episode of That's Creepy. (laughs) But my parents and my sister and I sat down to watch it because my parents thought, oh, there's a new kids cartoon that's coming on in prime time. And I remember us watching it. I remember a scene where Bart was like running naked through the house or something like because he didn't want to take a bath. I don't know. That's literally the only full episode I've seen. It probably happened. And I just remember my mom and dad being like, we're not watching this anymore. It's not exactly what we thought it was going to be. Yeah. (coughs) Meaning it wasn't really geared towards children. (laughs) So that's our Simpsons plug. So anytime Matt Matt Groening Groening wants to reach out to us, absolutely. (laughs) All right. Are we ready to get down to disaster business? I I think I'm ready slash not ready for another all bad thing. Yeah. And I'm going to... Put up a trigger warning on this one when we get Ooh, to the a trigger warning, an at, extra at trigger the top. warning. Uh huh. That we're gonna discuss some uh, descriptions that are going to be pretty intense on this one. So just a heads up, this one is going to get intense. So today's disaster and bad thing is the Estonia ferry disaster. Now, I don't mean fairies, like every time you say a fairy doesn't exist, an angel loses its wings or whatever. I guess for the record, some people could have been thinking that, but yeah, I, was, no. I was thinking a boat. Yes, that, was, that would be correct. <laughs> that would be correct. So, on September 28th, 1994, oh, okay. the MS Estonia capsized and sank in the Baltic Sea. Killing 852 people. Wow. In one of the worst maritime disasters of the 20th century. No shit. That's a huge number of people to die. I'm going to guess, because I'm, I'm positive of the number being greater, mm-hmm. um, 
But I'm going to guess that that only maybe rivaled the Titanic. So Because I know the Titanic was over a thousand people killed. Yeah. So it was kind of weird because where it ranks is... So first of all, we're only talking peacetime maritime disasters, not wartime. So like... Cause, the Titanic was peacetime. Yes, exactly. It but was. what I'm saying is... Yes, we're talking uh, in this this in the conversation with the mean. Titanic, yes. but, but you're we're talking, also discounting wartime disasters. You're essentially talking about <clears throat> c- civilian craft. Yeah, yeah, basically. So uh, because <clears throat> during during both world wars, mm-hmm. huge ships were sunk, and I'm yes, sure yes. that that was a couple thousands of casualties. Right, exactly. But this so is peacetime. <laughs> the Titanic and mm-hmm. this particular ship were not on our, on its way to war. Right. So this was the second worst in European ship peacetime history, second to the Titanic. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Now I, I feel um, proud of myself that I guessed. Yeah. 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 You did. Sadly, the mm-hmm. worst. I know, right? Peace, you guessed peace, the worst. Peacetime maritime disaster. Yes. In Europe. Peace maritime. Peace maritime. That's Merit maripeace. Maripeace time. Maripeace time in Europe. Yes. That's a mouthful. Mm-hmm. So, the MS Estonia, which was originally named the Viking Sally, was built uh, between 1979 and 1980, because, you know, it takes a long time to build a giant ship. Especially um, at that time. Yeah, I mean, it, it always does. It's yeah. like building a house or something, yeah. except more. It's bigger. Um, it was built in Poppenburg, Germany, and it had been commissioned by a Norwegian shipping company, to carry passengers between Germany and Norway. But the company that was building it pulled out at the last minute, and the contract for the ship ended up going to a partner in the Viking Cruise Line, hence the name Viking Sally. So uh, the ship was really luxurious. It was 510 feet long, had nine decks, so it was pretty tall, and could carry up to 2,000 passengers. So it's like a mini cruise ship, more or less, you know? Right, and they, they probably had, like, a little casino in there and well, like here. A theater and y- some y- fun things. Here you go. So yeah. it had a swimming pool and a yeah. sauna, yeah. a movie theater, a casino, exactly, a video arcade, which is very telling sure. of 1980, right? Hey, it's it's... They're back today. They're barcades now, <laughs> yes. though. That's the difference. <laughs> yes, it's not little kids roaming around. No. It's 30 and 40-year-olds. Yes. Well, 20 to 20 somethings 40 too. year olds Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, uh, it had three restaurants and three bars. Yeah. Uh, I mean, oddly, the, the only reason I guessed all of that is for a short amount of time, our Rochester listeners will appreciate this. We had this thing that was called the Fast Ferry. Okay. And it was a financial effing disaster. Oh, no. There might as well have been like 894 people that died on board of it because I'm sure that's how many <laughs> jobs were lost because of all the F-ups. Why, was, why, do you keep, why are you censoring yourself this episode? I don't know. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> it was supposed to take people from Rochester to, to Toronto. Okay. Which is about a four-hour drive. What is the body of water it's crossing? It is crossing um, Lake Ontario. Oh, okay. Um. So it's generally about a four-hour drive, but this would cut it down to a two-hour 
cruise. Okay. Um, I never went on it, but mm-hmm. both of my sisters did, my brother-in-law, and they were like, yeah, it's got a movie theater, it's got all these bars, you know, because... For know. it just being two hours, it yeah, seems like that's a little too much. It, you can't watch a movie in two hours, barely. Maybe it's a 90-minute movie. Who well, knows? okay. <laughs> they only <laughs> but, short, but show I'm, short films. So. All I'm saying is they tried to make it, like, lux- luxurious yes, for those uh-huh. two hours that you had to be on board. Uh-huh. So, but it failed it just miserably. Well, because just no one... Nobody... nobody Bought tickets. <laughs> Nobody went on it hardly. I mean. Well, I mean, I guess if you're going to cut down a four-hour drive, it needs to be basically like 30 minutes or under, or an hour or under to make it worth it. So, like... I mean, it was a, it, it was kind of a good idea. It was a good idea in... Theory. Yeah, mm-hmm. but... Didn't that, work in practice. practice yeah. No. Well. Sorry for my Rochester aside. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can cut that. That's fine. <laughs> So the Viking Sally slash Estonia was also notable for the design of its bow, which was designed to lift up. They called it a visor. So imagine like a little pointed bow of the ship lifts up, a ramp folds out, and then cars can drive into it. Because it's a ferry, right? At the front of the ship. At the front of the ship, yeah. Because the bow is the front. That is correct. (laughs) (laughs) As I forgot a couple episodes ago. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> and it confused with the stern. Well, you know. Oh, well. Y- y- you had a 50-50 shot. <laughs> yeah. And I still lost. <laughs> um, the ramp was then stored inside the bow again, and, and then it was closed and would launch. So that was kind of a f- cool feature of it. Um, there were cabins aboard the ship. Um, they were pretty small, though, because they were basically just for sleeping, not for, like, hanging out in, sure. since the voyages weren't very long. And most of the cabins were located near the front of the ship. This is all going to come into play later. That's I'm, why I'm, I'm mentioning sure it will. this. So, um, this is something interesting. So, there have actually been a lot of ferry disasters over the years. Um, I remember one, I wouldn't say recently, recently, but like within the past 10 years, I think it was like an Italian ferry where the, the captain was notoriously like cowardly or something. I, I'll, I'll have to look into it because I know people died in that. I'll put it this way. It's not the most <clears throat> regulated industry. Well, Cruises and ferries and that kind of stuff. It really isn't. Well, now, we're a, talking about, now we're talking about Europe too. He, so. Here's a question for you. What is the difference between a ferry and any other type of ship? Because um, I wouldn't have been able to answer this until I did this research. My immediate thing would be it's meant for transportation of people, like a mass amount of people in a comfortable space. You're not, you're not far off. Yeah, like basically. A, like a ship, you have to have deckhands. You obviously need all that stuff on the ferry, but pretty much most of the people on a ship are working on it. Like, a ferry is kind of for lounging a little bit. You're, like, halfway there. Okay. It's, it's a commuter thing. Sure. It's the thing. So, so ferries yeah. are meant for short hauls. Okay, Basically, yeah. They basically go back and forth. They're like shuttles. Mar- um, not maritime is not the right. But, you know, like uh, sea shuttles. They're, they're, they're the people movers of their day. Yes. Uh, like well, they, of, have in, uh, they still Florida. have them. Yeah. They're the people movers of the water. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. For a short distance. Mm-hmm. So it's they make shorter commuter trips and offer return service. So, yeah. So if you want to hang out someplace for the afternoon, catch the ferry over. Mm-hmm. Hang out for a couple hours and catch the ferry back. Like famously the Staten Island Ferry, which yeah. I have been on. 
I have too. Okay. Um, So anyway, (coughs) the Viking Sally was put into service in June 1980. That's when my parents got married. Um, Sailing between Finland and Sweden. So they were originally supposed to go between Germany and Norway, but then they got taken over by the other... Uh, by, by Viking, and so they changed the commute of or the route of this ship between Finland and Sweden. The ship did have a few problems in its early years, including some issues with the propellers, but continued in service for Viking for 10 years until 1990 when it changed hands to Silja Line, a Finnish cruise ferry company, and was renamed the Silja Star, but kept the same route. Then a year later, the ship changed hands again, this time to the Wassa Line, and renamed again, this time the Wassa King. And at this point, the ferry was known to be especially good at handling rough seas. In January 1993, the the ship was transferred yet again. (laughs) So it changed hands a lot. So at this point, it's been through, what, like five different companies? This is like the fifth, I think. Yeah. And this time to Estline, a Swedish-Estonian shipping company, and renamed, for the last time, the MS Estonia. Now, Estonia... For, for the last time in a very bad way. Well, yes. Estonia, at this point, had only recently gained its independence from the Soviet Union. You know, we're talking early 90s. And the actual government of Estonia was co-owner of the MS Estonia, which was kind of a big deal because it was the largest Estonian-owned ship at the time. Probably they just recently gained their independence. Maybe like a source of pride, like, hey, we've got... Yeah, like a national, this is one of our biggest ships. (laughs) At least we've got something (laughs) out of this. Yeah, we have a nice ship. Right. Which, you know, probably was a big deal. Yeah. So now let's get into the final voyage of the MS Estonia. And already knowing the death toll, this is this is not going to be good. No, it's really not. So, on Tuesday, September 27th, 1994, around 7.15 p.m., the MS Estonia left Tallinn, or maybe Tallinn, I'm not sure, the capital city of Estonia. How is it spelled? T-A-L-L-I-N. Yeah, Tallinn. Mm, maybe. It was heading Tallin, to... Tallinn, bro. Tallinn, <laughs> It was heading to Stockholm, Sweden. Um, The voyage typically took about 15 hours and was almost directly due west. So... um, On what body of water? Across the Baltic Sea. Okay. Or, sorry, due almost directly east. I forget which one was east and which one was west now. Anyway, it was going strictly (laughs) (laughs) east-west. Between Tallinn and Stockholm. Uh, uh, and that was, that, the voyage was about 258 miles. On this voyage, the ferry was only about half full. There was 989 people on board, 803 passengers, and 186 crew. What? Wow. What do you think? Oh, uh, the, how many? The percentage, yeah, that's I like know. about 90% of the people. It's a lot. It's, a, it's, wow. it's many people. Even though the ship was quite fancy, this voyage wasn't necessarily filled with, like, a bunch of families, but more like couples, individuals, commuters. That will kind of come into play later. And we're not talking, like, a cruise ship. There's a bunch of families on vacation or something. And again, this was like a commuter ship. A storm was forecast for the voyage, 
with strong winds and waves up to 20 feet, which is pretty severe, but not really anything the ship couldn't handle and hadn't handled before. I remember you saying earlier Mm -hmm. that it was known to handle Mm -hmm. the rough seas pretty well. Very specifically, yes. And I was Uh going to say then, I bet that comes into play. Well, let's keep going. Um, Here it is. We'll get to that, yes. Um, So in spite of the fact that this storm was forecast, the ship was still heading on at full speed with all four engines of the ferry throttled up to their maximum combined output of output of 23,500 horsepower. It's a lot of horses. Yes, it is. (laughs) Everything went relatively like without incident until around 10 p.m. when the seas started getting noticeably rougher as the front of the ferry was hitting large waves head-on from the bow. So it was just, like, slamming right into them, and it was just getting really rough, and the ship was forced to slow down a bit. You know, it couldn't just keep taking these waves on at full speed. Some passengers started getting seasick, makes sense, because of the motion, and went to their cabins, but it was kind of, because all most of the cabins were in closer to the bow of the ship, it wasn't the best strategy because no. they were actually getting yes, closer they, they to were, the... <laughs> they were going on a bit of a roller coaster ride. Yeah, and they were kind of putting themselves... A lot of, a lot of ups and downs. Yeah. So, so it, it, they really didn't get much relief there. Those who didn't go to their cabins kept hanging out, like, either in the casino or the restaurants or the bars, because at this point it was, like, 10 o'clock. So, um... The seas grew steadily worse over the next couple of hours, and the restaurants closed by 11, so those remaining outside of their rooms were mostly in the bars and the casino, like the places that were still open. At a show in one of the ship's bars, the servers were having trouble moving because of the motion of the ship. Sure. And these are people who are probably used to the motion, so clearly this was getting pretty severe. The speakers, uh, there was a band that was performing, and, and their speakers started rolling around on their casters. Oh, yeah. Um, and at one point, a dancer fell into the band, like, off a stage and into the band. So by 12.30 in the morning, the show was called off. Like, it was like okay, everybody in their, too rough. It was like everybody in their seats. Well, or just let's, let's yeah. not try to be dancing around and performing <laughs> here. Let's not redo... Uh, the band that played on in the Titanic. Just, <laughs> just, just stop. Right. Let's just let's just call it a night. <laughs> or maybe they should have just kept playing. <laughs> well, it would have been kind of poetic. Damn. Um, yeah. So this is getting bad. I mean, the, these ships are meant to take quite a bit. Sure. So the fact that this was and if this was pretty rough seas. It's like when you hear when you're in a plane. Uh, would the flight attendants take their seats? Right. That's not a good sign. That's when you know. <laughs> that's a terrible sign. That's when you know you're about to hit some rough yes, weather. Yes. So that's probably what the um, <coughs> the similarity to this would be. Like, hey, okay, mm-hmm. let's stop the shows. Just everybody just chill out. Yeah. Well, I remember I've been on a cruise once with my sister like 14, 15 years ago, something like that. And one night, there was definitely some waves, and, like, to the point where it was a little bit of a struggle to walk down the hall, like, you had to hold on to the railings, and there were some drunk people who oh, was, like, <laughs> who were really struggling. They, they were struggling. Struggling. Um, but uh, I do remember laying in the ca- like laying in bed in the cabin that night, going to sleep, and it felt like being pushed up. 
and then free falling again and again. And you got kind of used to it, and I didn't get motion sickness, but it was... But you can easily sensation. see how people would. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, I would not mock anyone who gets seasick. Like, it's, it's pretty intense. So, around 1 a.m., passengers heard a heavy metallic bang sound, like a banging sound, that reverberated through the ship. So, like, they could feel it. Another followed about 30 seconds later, and passengers began feeling that the ship was starting to list back and forth. Oh. <clears throat> Which, as we know, as we, we know what that is. Yeah, so left to right, right, port to starboard. Um, in the bars that were still open, unsecured items started sliding across the floor, and glasses crashed to the ground. Eventually, the list started getting more and more towards the starboard side, so bad, and at this point it was estimated to be about a 30-degree tilt. Oh, my God. People started sliding across the floor, and the first injuries happened when people were crushed or pinned by large sliding debris, like refrigerators. Pianos. Yep, there was a bar that disconnected from the floor. Yeah, so things were getting serious at this point. Uh, at one point, an announcement came over the loudspeakers of the ship, though it was kind of quiet and not really heard by everyone. The announcement was in Estonian, but translated, they said, alarm, alarm, there is an alarm on the ship. Now, here's, we're about to escalate, and here's where descriptions are going to get a lot worse. Just, this is going to be a tough thing to imagine through. Is this a trigger warning? Yes. <laughs> Those who were quick and able to react began scrambling their way up the ship and away from the starboard side. So they were going up the decks and over to the port side was the idea because clearly this boat was tilting too far Something to hang on to. Uh, yeah, and also just trying to get away from the fact that this boat was going towards yeah. the water on the starboard side. And going kind of... <clears throat> going kind of with the momentum of the ship, not being trapped, like, below or that. Right. Mm. And they were trying to make their way up to Deck 8, which is where the ferry's lifeboats were. So, up near the top. On Deck 7, some of the crew members had created a sort of, like, human chain. Sure, trying to, to get pull people pull up. people up, yep. exactly. Like, uh, because of the list, and trying to help people get up the steep floor. Then this this is a terror because a lot of this so credit where it's due a lot of this like firsthand description came from witnesses who were interviewed for a very good piece in the Atlantic called a sea story so this is where a lot of this is coming from um, the sh- so these crew members who are helping people the ship listed even more and these people basically just like got sucked through into the open deck. Oh god. Um so they probably went into oh, the water at that point. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so some people still managed to climb their way to the promenade outside deck 7 like continuing that idea of the human chain pulling each other up. And on the promenade there were boxes of life vests so those who reached it were able to start putting them on. Uh, the ship continued to list, and it finally reached such a treacherous pitch that everyone else in the interior of the ship who hadn't been able to make their way up to the promenade were basically SOL. We're done for. <clears throat> yeah. Because the Damn. incline was so steep at that point, there was no way to make their way up. 
Um, so this obviously brings to mind some pretty horrific scenes of people trying to scramble up floors and walls against the incline and just not making it. And wit- witnesses who, survivors who witnessed this, yeah, that's exactly what happened. It, you ready for this to get worse? Because it's just going to get worse. So as for those who had remained in their cabins... Many had been thrown against the walls and became injured and or Or trapped. Yeah. Those who came out of their cabins got trapped in narrow hallways, trying to climb up the wall, which was now the floor. Yeah. But eventually the list got so bad, again, they just couldn't pull themselves up through to safety. Some people fell back into their cabins through the doors, and eventually the halls and cabins flooded, and it was too late. Overall, those who fared the best aboard the Estonia were those who reacted the fastest. Like, time was absolutely of the essence here. And so, understandably, it tended to be fitter, young, well, not young, but, like, younger adult age people. 20s and 30s. Yeah, maybe 40s. People in good shape, basically. Not people in their 60s, 70s, if if they were even on the ship, which I'm sure some of them were. So, then we're going to talk a little bit about that. um, It sounds like the ending of Titanic. Well, we're watching the ship go down and people are falling through things. Well, that's the thing. The scene inside was absolutely harrowing. Hundreds of people were dying from crush injuries, falling, and then drowning. Yeah. So. God. At 1.22 a.m., a mayday was given by a member of the ship's crew, but it didn't follow, like, mayday procedures. So apparently, like, they initially just made contact with another ship, the Silja Europa, like, just contacted them, like, made sure, established contact, and then just said mayday, which isn't, I guess the idea was more to just, like, get on your damn radio and say mayday, but that's not exactly what they did. So there was, like, a weird delay in in giving that mayday. And the Europa chief mate, um, Tejio Zeppelin, sure, we'll say that, said, like, uh, he said, quote, Estonia, are you calling mayday? Like, he was trying to just be like, Verify. wait, so you call yeah. us, and you're like, hey, you guys there, Mayday. Like, are, do you mean, like, are you really legit calling Mayday? Should we send a Mayday? ship? Yeah. Um, and a different crew member. <laughs> Should we send a ship? Over. <laughs> right? A different crew member was able to give more detail, but couldn't give the Estonia's position because the power had died at that point. Oh, okay. Um. A few minutes later, either, and and it's still not known, either the power came back on or someone else, someone was able to check the marine GPS, which works regardless of power. Um, At any rate, they gave their position to Europa and to another ship, uh, the Mariella. In the meantime, about 250 people total had made their way to the promenade. So we're... We've already reduced the people there from 989 by, by to about a quarter. Yeah, and some of these two, most of these 250 are many make it. of these 250 are not going. About half, yeah. They couldn't gain access to the lifeboats because of where they were. They were on the promenade, like trying to get up to deck eight, but just struggling to do so. But it ended up not mattering much because nine of the ten boats broke loose from the Estonia and were damaged and useless anyway. 
A few more people were able to fight their way up to the promenade deck and unfortunately they were literally fighting and fighting for their lives. It became, and again because there weren't a ton of like families or people who knew each other, this was kind of like a ship of strangers. It became the Hunger Games. A little bit. And it's hard like, no one knows how they would react in that situation, so, like, to pass judgment on anybody for just trying to, like, scrap their way to survival, that's rough, but... Because in that moment, that's... Mm-hmm. It's do or die. Yeah. Literally. And, Those are your... And either you're altruistic or you're surviving. Or you're out for yourself. Yeah. So, yeah, anyway, they, they were just doing the best they could to save their own lives, and in some cases that included, like, pushing other people deliberately down so they could climb to safety. And that's super uncomfortable to talk about. But it's it's do or die. And it gets worse. Mm. So the people who did make it to the promenade started fighting for life vests, too. Sure. Um, And in some cases, they were literally, like, tearing them off of other people's backs to try and get them. It's... It's a really, like, uncomfortable idea to talk about, that sort of survival instinct. But if... And this is one of the reasons I'm a vegan. Like, if you want to get down to it, we really are animals. We're, we're primal. We, we are. Yep. And it's about survival. That's evolutionarily how it's, we are it's all built. In anything that's ever lived, mm-hmm. it's in your DNA. Mm-hmm. Survival. I am not saying that to condone, specifically no. condone what people did. But rather to understand it. It's not an unnatural reaction. No, it's not. It's maybe not the most um, elevated of human nature, but... And not necessarily even the most effective. Yeah. But, because if everybody had just helped each other... Right. Then probably everybody could have gotten a life vest. Cooperation may have If there were enough, I'm not sure if... Well, there there were apparently some issues that, like, they were tearing open boxes of life vests, and some of them were defective. Yeah. So, I mean, and this is sheer chaos, and it's all happening so quickly. Yes. And I think these reactions are... Primal and yeah. understandable. Yeah, I think I think basically. Anyway, we can talk about that more. But it's uncomfortable, but it's understandable. Yeah, yeah. To me, anyway. So, amidst this chaos, the ship was still sinking. Sure. Obviously, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that was about to be a burp cough, wasn't it? No, it was a hiccup. Oh, oh okay, a hiccup. a hiccup burp cough. Hopefully, it's gone. And there was still a storm causing waves as high as 28 feet. Yeah, and that's no Enormous fucking joke. Enormous waves, no. People struggled to get inflatable life rafts deployed. They're also sure. life rafts. But many were underinflated. It was like, this is still in the middle of a huge storm. They were having trouble just launching Plus, these. just, they're listing and they're, they're struggling just to stay upright. Much, right, just to much, stand. much less do all this other stuff yes. in the meantime. It, it's the odds are horribly <laughs> against them. Yes, may the odds be horribly in your favor. <laughs> right. So eventually, those who had not already been able to get into life rafts, they had no choice but to jump into the water. It was just sure. like okay, like I'll take my chances. The, we're going down with the ship, mm-hmm. or we're jumping into the. I'm getting caught, or we're. If I fall 100 feet into the ship, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm dead. Mm -hmm. If I fall 100 feet into the water, 
there's a chance. Right. Well, like I'm probably going to die, but there's a chance I don't. Depending on the angle of the ship and the water, they may not have far to jump. Sure. Or the people at the very top, like on the promenade, they might have had very far to jump. We're talking about a ship that was nine stories. But it was stories. listed. It sure. was already on its side. Oh, so, I see what you mean. Yes. You know, it may not have been because of the angle. It wouldn't, yeah. You okay. Know. It I see wasn't what you upright, mean you know. Gotcha. So. I'm thinking of the Titanic. <laughs> yeah. No, it didn't, it didn't like <laughs> no, break No, it like didn't the do that. No. no. It went side it, to side. It, yes, it rotated. Not more, north, not north to south. More like the Poseidon Adventure, if you've ever no, seen that. Oh, Yes. So, so they got to the engine room, <laughs> right? That was the that was definitely the uh, objective in Poseidon Adventure. So around 1:50 a.m., the Estonia disappeared from the radar screen of other mm, ships. That's not good. It sank in international waters about 25 miles, 41 kilometers, off Uto Island, Finland, um, in about 250-ish feet of water, about 75 meters of water. 852 of the 989 people died in the accident, including 501 Swedes and 285 Estonians. So mostly people who were, and then people from other countries, obviously, but much fewer than the people who lived in these two countries that this ship was going back and forth between. Most died from drowning or hypothermia. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I didn't think of that. And yeah, this, we're talking the Baltic yeah. Sea. <laughs> this is it's never warm. It's Nordic. Yeah. yeah. No. No. I wouldn't like if it was if warm. it was forty degrees Fahrenheit. It'd be like, oh, it's, it's really warm today. Right? Like it, it would. Yeah. <coughs> and if you wind up in it for five minutes, you're dead. Dead. Yeah. Exactly. Jesus. Yeah. I didn't think of that, but yeah. Uh-huh. So the closest, we're talking about the search and rescue now, the closest Maritime Rescue Coordination Center didn't immediately acknowledge the mayday that came from the Estonia because of kind of the initial confusion about, wait, are you really giving a mayday here because of the, the procedure? The Mariella, the one ship that, that uh, the Estonia had contacted, their report of the mayday came through as what's called a pan-pan message, which I think is a funny little name, but it's basically like a heads up that something is wrong on the ship, but it's not a full-blown mayday. It's like something urgent is happening. It's, it's a pan-pan. It's a pan-pan, like a can-can. Um, <laughs> but, it, but it's not like people are about to die. That's a mayday is like yeah. serious shit's going down. This was more of a, uh-oh, Somebody needs to know about this, but we're not necessarily all about to die. But at any rate, they didn't declare a full-blown emergency until 2.30 a.m. Remember, the Estonia sank around 1.50, so this was a bit late. Um, But by that time, the Mariella had already been at the scene for 18 minutes. So uh, at around 2.12 a.m., the Mariella arrived at the scene of the sinking, and the Mariella, the Mariella had started rescuing survivors at that time. And at 3.05 a.m., they were joined by Swedish and Finnish rescue helicopters. About a third of the initial survivors died of hypothermia before wow. the rescuers could reach them. And rescuers eventually recovered 138 survivors, one of whom died later in the hospital. So of those who got okay. rescued, they almost all lived. Except for one person? Yeah. That's- that's pretty quick. Yeah. Among survivors, only seven were over age 55. So, sure. Yeah, we're talking about the ages. And no one under 12 survived. So no little kids. Yeah. Because they couldn't. They're little kids. 
they don't have the physical structure no, or the mental no, know-how to, to no. deal with a situation like that. No, and I'm not sure how many kids were actually on board. I didn't find out that information. So there may not have been many. One can If help, it was mostly like, it sounds like, a, it sounds like business commuters. Yeah. For the so most part. most adults anyway, yeah. I would hope anyway. But there were some kids on board. There had to have been. Yeah, I would think so. With that many people. Yeah. Oh, God. About 650 people went down with the ship. Mm. And 94 bodies were recovered outside the boat. Yeah. Yeah. So, now the aftermath. A Norwegian company called Rockwater AS was contracted to launch an investigation into the tragedy. They used underwater vehicles to examine the wreck, which is kind of interesting. Um, there, so well, it's so, not. It's it's not down in the ocean. It's in the Baltic Sea. You said it was like they were like seventy-five meters down. Two hundred fifty feet. I yeah. mean, it's not like no. It's not an ocean. No. You well, can get to those depths with those types of that yeah, type of equipment that anyway. they have at, at this time. Anyway. Sorry, I was getting geeky. Because they didn't find the Titanic for like 70 years. Yeah, well, let's keep going. Four years. <laughs> um, so let's talk about what they concluded happened. Like, yes. why did this boat sink? This boat that was known for doing really well. I mean, yes, it was stormy, but this boat was specifically known for holding up well sure. in the store. Well... Do you remember what I was saying about the nifty little feature of the bow of the ship? How it uh, would open up and let all the cars in. Yeah. Is that where the problem began? So, the report concluded there were locks on the doors of the bow, right? So, like, once would, the yeah, yeah. the visor shut. Pro- I would think probably, like, mag- magnet locks, too. Well, just, just, I don't know what type, but yeah. they were there were locks on the door. Um, it's of the, the one that would let ships in, or the cars, cars in through the bow. The waves strained the visor on the bow and normally, so had the locks failed, there were alarms to let the crew know that it wasn't properly locked, Right. That, that makes sense. Like, no, sure. you're not ready to take off. It's not yeah. locked up. Make sure procedure, procedure, check, double check, all that stuff. It's an opening in the front of the ship. Yes. Every, everything's got to be yes. locked down a certain way. But the problem is the strain of the waves, like, broke areas of the bow that weren't necessarily unlocking the locks. So slowly but surely kind of made its way in. And then Not even slowly. There was strain that broke sure. this bow at the point where it was connecting. Okay. It just didn't disconnect the locks was the problem. It could have broken off the locks. Gotcha. It could have broken out other it, places. And if it had, positions. somebody would have noticed right away what had happened because right. there were alarms on. Right, but it didn't. Sure. The locks didn't fail right. the, themselves. It, it was other parts of it. Um, the structure failed. Yes, yes. It was concluded that it was a design flaw mm-hmm. of the ship because the the manufacturing process didn't consider this bow visor, aside from these locks, as being critical to the ship's safety. If you didn't have this, this bow visor completely, 100%, you know, working properly, then water would come in and be let in on the ship, which is exactly what happened. So it was concluded that the initial metallic banging sound 
that reverberated through the ship was the bow visor's lock either being torn or failing somehow in a way that did not trigger the alarm. Okay. And that subsequent sounds was the visor flapping against the hull of the ship as it was tearing free. And that the was, bow was becoming disconnected from the ship. And that was probably a scary fucking sound. Oh, well, and that's it, when, was, it was shaking the ship, yeah. basically. And that's when you said about 30 seconds after that is when they gave an actual alarm no, on the ship? No, it was a banging sound. 30 seconds later, another banging sound. But didn't eventually... Uh, yeah, it wasn't 30 seconds. Yes, okay. it wasn't 30 uh, okay. seconds specifically, but... But that's probably what caused that alarm to eventually go off. No, that was a person on the loudspeaker saying alarm. Yeah. Sorry. That's okay. (laughs) 30 seconds, alarms, doors. (laughs) There's a lot to get confused. People on the loudspeaker. So even though this was a mechanical and design failure, the report was also critical of the crew. Because they said that the crew should have slowed down when they heard these noises, which the crew surely heard because the passengers did, and that they should have investigated what was causing the listing. This this side-to-side motion that got more and more severe was not normal, and they should have figured out what it was. They also said there was an inordinate delay in sounding an alarm and a lack of leadership to to help. Yeah, right, Jesse? (laughs) Um to get, you know, procedures and or to to start emergency procedures. The sinking of the Estonia did spur on important changes in ship safety, including special training requirements in crisis management and human behavior. Uh, yeah. Yeah, aboard all passenger ships, as well as the requirement for EPERBs, which are emergency position indicating radio beacon stations, distress beacons. Say that three times real fast. Well, EPIRB. I've heard of EPIRB before. (laughs) To automatically deploy and not require manual deployment, which was the case at the time, which would have helped the Estonian get the system knows when something's wrong, and as soon as it finds out something's wrong, it's going to let other ships in the area know. And isn't waiting for people to to deploy it exactly. And additionally, new stability requirements were introduced for passenger ships so they could withstand a certain amount of water getting into the car decks without just listing horribly. Sure. So the bodies of most of those who died on board the Estonia are still buried at sea. Oh, really? Along with the ship. Oh. Many relatives of those who died wanted the bodies to be recovered. Sure. And some even demanded the entire ship be raised. But unfortunately, it's not a very practical or a safe request. The Swedish government instead suggested the whole ship itself be buried, as it were, by being encased in concrete. Like essentially okay. like a grave in the ocean or sure. whatever. And they did start the process um, by dropping thousands of tons of pebbles on the site. But they didn't complete this idea of the full encasement. Instead, a treaty called the Estonia Agreement 1995 was signed by Sweden, Finland, Estonia, Latvia, Poland, Denmark, Russia, and the United Kingdom, saying they would preserve the site and not allow their citizens near it. So, like, just stay away from this It's a grave now. Yeah, yeah, like a watery grave sort of thing. And the Finnish Navy monitors the site by radar to this day. In October 2017, just a few months ago... A team from Finland's forestry administration was out clearing brush near a shoreline 
and came across a life buoy stamped with the word Estonia that had washed ashore 23 years after the disaster. Oh, God. We were uh, on our honeymoon in October 2017. At the very beginning of it. Wow. And that is the story of the Estonia Ferry disaster. (sighs) That was pretty... It's a brutal one. That was a brutal one. It's a brutal one because... I think especially, you know, there's there's a lot of stories where the um, it's it's easy to be like, you know, oh, poor people. They never saw it coming or oh, how sad or oh, how scary. But like there's certain details about, you know, people struggling for survival that it makes the victims no less sympathetic because obviously poor people, just like every other time, but it's, it makes us sort of face an uncomfortable truth about human nature that we too are animals out for survival. And that, you know, a lot of people who died and a lot of people who survived perhaps um, died and or survived by violent means it was a result of that instinct playing out in its darkest depths that you could get to i mean it it would be easy to make a movie about this and have and have a villain right be the guy oh he pushed Uh a guy off the steps when in and of course that just off the bat that doesn't sound like obviously the nicest thing to do right but in a moment where you're either going to die or you're not. Th- those are your options. Well, and like, the thing like, is, like, you'd like to think, we would all love to think that we would be the one to be like, no, I would have helped the little old lady up to the deck, or I would have given my spot to help well, somebody else. Well, I mean, there, there were. I mean, there were the people that formed that human chain. The I'm sure. Members? I'm sure yeah. some of those people died. Oh, yes. So I'm not saying so, that they're... Yeah. But what I'm saying all is... <laughs> All human instincts, nurture, yes. fight, fight versus fight or flight, sacrifice. They uh-huh. all played out mm-hmm. in a short time span when in panic and utter panic. Right when when any choice you made mm-hmm. could lead to you living or dying. Anything you did, mm-hmm. I took a I took a step left when I should have went right. Mm-hmm. Dead because of that. Well, and yeah. and you just don't know until you're in a situation like that no. how, how you would react. How you would and mm-hmm. how you would and you can't judge it. No, you can't. You really can't. No, and that's uh, yeah. So the if if you're interested in more detail about that story, I, I do recommend that Atlantic story. I'll try and remember to link to it in uh, our social meets this week. Yeah, because it was well so. writ- written and really sure. interesting, and well, it happened in the early '90s, so there's plenty of documentation on it. I'm, right, I'm sure. right. Well, and and this was based on like a, a couple of survivors' accounts. Sure. So they were very specific. And I would, I'm sure there was probably YouTube videos of survivors' accounts. I, I probably didn't see, didn't see any anything. Specific. I saw like a couple of simulations <clears throat> and stuff, oh, of, okay. like how it sank. Um, but I didn't look that far into YouTube videos, so there might be. But yeah, just the 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 idea of like it was so many people and that they just a lot of people just got trapped and you can just 
The idea of your last moments being in sheer panic, I mean, no one wants that. Nope. No one wants that. Even, like, um, we've said, you know, like, the... Well, the um, the story actually told us last week about the, the oil rig. Yeah. Like, at least, like, as gory as it was... It happened like instant. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And which would you rather, be, be blown up into, like, human meat... But, oh, well, it happens super fast or be, like, scrabbling in your body never found. I've got to take the, the instant and, mm-hmm. you know, if you find my teeth, great. Yeah. Yeah, because you're not going to care. <laughs> so, I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to care after I'm dead whether I suffered or not. Exactly. <laughs> so, but I prefer while I was uh, a couple of seconds alive mm-hmm. uh, to just have it just be like that. Yeah. Just, like, one All minute, of a second sudden. you're there, one second you're not. Well, not... I'll take, you see it coming from a mile away. Yeah, I'll yeah. take that over panic. Yeah. Panic would be just a horrible way. And that's that's the thing I think that makes me feel the worst for these 892 people is their last moments, whoever they were, were spent in sheer panic. Yeah. And that sucks. Yeah. That really sucks. That's That's like, that's just, that's the worst. Yeah. It really is. Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, cheers, I'll everyone. Always, hope your Monday's going, Mom. Yes, that's true. I hope you're not listening to this on your way to work, thinking of ending it on the freeway. Don't <laughs> don't do that. Or I wonder if anyone commutes by ferry. Yeah, don't yeah don't listen <laughs> to this. Don't listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because I mean I've um, a bad ferry accident happened near where I, where I grew up. Really? In um, not Lake Placid. Um, Anyway, anyway, a lake near where I grew up. Okay. There was like a pontoon boat that would take like senior citizens out on like a tour Aww. of the lake and uh-huh. stuff like that, and it sunk. And because they were all old, like oh. just about everybody on board died. No, how many people? It was like eighty some, <gasps> and it was I'll all. I'll have to find that yeah. now. Wow. Lake oh. Champlain. Lake Champlain. Is that what I'm thinking okay. of? Anybody. It, oh, and all, well. It had, this happened probably. Yeah. This happened actually probably five, six years after this. It happened oh, okay. like either early late 2000s. 90s, early 2000s, somewhere in there. But yeah, like wow. everybody on board died. Because they were all. People. Yeah. Oh, that's they were all in like wheelchairs and shit. Oh, so. God. That's awful. <laughs> they weren't swimming. No. Oh, Jesus. Oh, that's terrible. I mean, it's. Well. Hope we lifted your spirits today, everybody. <laughs> there have, are times... Have a beer. This has been yeah. one of the most depressing ones we've this done. This a bad one. Yeah. It really is. Sorry to be such a downer, but you're yeah. the one who chose to I, listen to a podcast I don't called even, All Bad Things. I don't even feel like being a smartass this I know, episode. Right? <laughs> Where's our name banter that everybody I loves so know. much? It's, it's gone away. I guess it has. Well... I'm almost done with this beer. I feel like I need to go drink a couple more. So yes. should we call it? I think we should. And All right. I am. I have been done with my national local beer. <laughs> so that was the Estonia ferry disaster. Rest in peace, poor 892 people who died at the bottom of the Baltic Sea yeah. in 1994. That sucks, and I'm really yes, sorry. That was terrible. And this has been another episode of All Bad Things. I'm David. I'm Rachel. We'll see you next week.